podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hello and welcome to the post-match Calling. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to get many callers today after that, but we are coming to you after Liverpool's first loss in 26 games. The 26th is the one we lose uh, a record that was joint, an all-time record at Liverpool. Unfortunately, we couldn't break it at the London Stadium against those bubbly hammers, which I'm not very fond of at the moment. I am joined by, and it's their bad luck today to be on this one. <laughs> Carl Wilkinson, how you doing, mate? Uh, regular podcast and host on AI. Not too bad, guy. Aside from the result, of course. I mean, it's it's not the best game to make in your your debut on the podcast. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But the the losses normally are the best podcasts. Um, yeah, but that's where all the fireworks come and the moans and the and the and the, you know people are upset. But anyway. Um, we're also joined by an OG from Anfield Index. Um, first time I'm talking to him in ages. Uh, host of the former um, In Focus podcast, Mr. John Busco. John, how are you doing? Um, I'm okay, Gags. I take full responsibility for the result. Um, I seem cursed whenever I come onto the, uh, the, the, the post-match show. Uh, with with uh, Nina, the one where uh, the, the, the show got erased or something straight off. Oh, after. no, Chelsea won one. <laughs> yeah, okay, that was a bad one. I just feel like I have a history of it, but I'm okay. Thank you for having me here, Gags. Good to be back. Oh, well, welcome back. And that show, um, I'm sure we'll try and make sure this one doesn't get erased. But, uh, well, would it matter? <laughs> but, but you know what? We're going to have to cover it. Um, this one was a real difficult one. To start with, guys, I mean, first and foremost, I think let's just talk about what it feels like to lose again, because it's been a long time. Uh, April, I think it was at Real Madrid is the last time we lost. And um, I just want to get your thoughts, Carl, I just want to get your thoughts on, on that feeling, because, you know, there's a lot of reaction in Discord at the moment. And obviously it's going to be negative. Um, and if you're not part of Discord, folks, I'm putting this up on Force slash Discord. You probably don't want to be on it tonight because, um, yeah, it's going to be very negative. But, Carl, talk to me. It's, uh, it's, it's always hard, isn't it, after a long time? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I hadn't even thought that it had been so long since the loss. And, I mean, I know we get frustrated at draws. I mean, the, the recent draw against Brighton, the draw against Brentford, you know, they, they felt like a loss, but they weren't losses at the end of the day. You know, we, we still got a point, but today we go away with nothing. And, and that's not a feeling we, we felt in, in a long time. And it, it stings. Um, I think it's made all the worse that it's going into an international break because you don't have that game in three, four days time to set things right if you've got to wait you know a couple of weeks and it's going to be a, a tough couple of weeks for for all reds I, I i feel 
I completely agree, mate. And John, what what are your thoughts and what are your feelings, mate? We've got a caller, so we'll go there next. Um, but- well, just quickly, you know, I'm really, really disappointed. I have to say I saw it coming. So uh, let's get on with the discussion. How, why? Now you're going to tell us more about why you saw it coming first. Um, I just thought our body language wasn't good um, from, from again, you know, I just didn't think our body language was good when we came out. I felt that playing a side that are so big and so powerful, um, like West Ham, we're, we're quite short apart from the guys at the back. I just didn't feel, and we've been hit by injuries again. I just felt that it was... Um, you know, too much changes lately. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I, I kind of felt this was coming. Yeah, interesting, you know, you say that because there was this... Um, I hate the I hate being last, you know, on a weekend. I hate the Sunday late game, particularly because of what, I, what follows for me. I have to do the collection on a Monday now where I've got a day of work and I've got to do it in the evening. So, you know, that means, you know, I'm basically gone now for the next day just working um but i always had a bad feeling about this game today for some reason i was getting flashbacks of that aston villa and i didn't want to say it i didn't tweet either all day because i just thought i don't want to mention anything i just don't want to jinx something and in the end i didn't need to because it was going to happen anyway so yeah i mean i I get what you're saying i didn't think about you know the i knew they were big in you know they're a big side they're 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 good in the air. They're good on set pieces. But I thought we were decent too. And obviously, defending them, that's not, that wasn't the case today. And you have to probably look at Alison a little bit today. But we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We've got a caller. We've got a caller. Nick Turner. G's on Torsten Discord if you want to reach out to him. But Nick, what have you got to ask these two fine gentlemen tonight on a, on a horrible, horrible November evening? Yeah, hey guys. Hey, everyone. Um... Yeah, it, it was a strange game, wasn't it? I felt like, um, like you were just saying there, the the midfield situation is a bit like last season with the defence. You know, all the injuries, and we've seen like we're we've been cut down to the bare bones. Um, and, and 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 with the defence, I seem to spend like half the second half uh, shouting at the TV, like, "Where the fuck is the defence?" Because it seemed like every time they broke, like I, I don't know, like our wing backs were too too far pushed up and um Virgil and Matip just I don't know weren't back enough to to cover them breaking um but I think overall um and I hate hate to say it but it's it's like back in 2013 when you know Moyes was at Man United and there was all the banners about you know David Moyes is a footballing genius you know and it was all funny at the time but is it a case that you know, all of this kind of thing is coming back to haunt us now. Because, I mean, fair play to West Ham. They did really well today. And 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 David Moyes is doing really well with West Ham. So sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say, you know, they did really well. Do we, though? I mean, that's what I'll ask John first. Because you have to, you have to look at that early decision against Cresswell. That did, John, look like a red to me. And yeah. if that happens, this game is a completely different game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I mean, I'm watching it on, on Swedish TV, so I, I don't know if the, the coverage is exactly the same. But, you know, the repeats again and again and again, it looks like he really goes in very nastily. Um, I thought he was very lucky to stay on the pitch. 
And I thought it was a disappointing decision by the referee. You know, I don't like talking about referees backwards and forwards, you know, the the, the rub of the game, it goes with you sometimes and other times. But I felt that he really didn't step in there where he should have done. I thought that was a, the key decision in the match. And I think perhaps there was still so much talk about the first goal going in and or everything around that, that there wasn't much outrage from the players. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, that's a really good point. We, we're a bit soft sometimes, aren't we? Um, Absolutely. It, uh, Carl, uh, do, you, do you agree with John there that, you know, the players should be making a little bit more? Of that? I mean, Hendo was on the floor who normally is in the face of the, the ref, to be fair. He's the one who, who does go and get in their faces. But no one else really made the, made the most of What do you think of the VAR decision? I mean, I think when people look at it, he gets the ball flushed, though, let's be honest, right? But what happens afterwards is... He's and right, he's put the pictures in. He scissored his leg, so I'm sure those have been given red in the in you know in the last few months. And isn't that what happened with Pogba? Similar, you know, he got the ball, but the yeah, I, shit. I think you know he clearly goes kind of over the top of the ball, having gotten it and follows through and and catches Henderson's knee, and you know it, it isn't too dissimilar to what we saw with Pogba. And it also isn't at all dissimilar to what we saw Holgate get sent off for earlier in the day, which is what really uh, makes it bizarre on the on the face of things. Um, I would agree with the point that John made. I, I don't think that the team made enough of it, but I think given that the referee didn't seem to see it at all, he didn't even see it as, you know, it's like he just thought it was a complete play on incident that I think it, it, the decision has to go on to VAR which it, it did and I, I just don't understand how the, the VAR can, can rule that as as not dangerous play I mean he, he clearly goes over the top of the ball and, and scissors him and catches the back of his knee it's just it, it's bizarre to me but I don't want to you know while disappointing referees can you know they, they certainly are a part of the game and a part that unfortunately we're all far too used to as as Liverpool fans. I mean, I think we had a, a ref that let us down in midweek, but we were still able to to rise above that and 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 nonetheless win the game and and deservedly so. So I don't want to dwell too much on on a a bad decision by the ref. I, I kind of do a little bit because it changes everything. That changes the whole entire game. I think. Um, I think was it one nil at that point. Would, had they already scored? I think they may they have. Had, already, yeah. They had, yeah. And that then at ten men is is a completely different game. You know, we control it. You you know they don't get much. They don't get those as many of those. Um, you know breaks. They don't the have many people forward, and that that changes everything, doesn't it, John? For me, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the, the whole thing about West Ham at that stadium has been the 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 crowd haven't liked it. Uh, and it's really begun to take off now, particularly because the side is doing so well. And, you know, they were really up for it. And I think a red card at that point where they just got, you know, they, they got a goal and they probably thought, well, you know, we're so lucky here. Getting the red cards so soon after that, I think would have silenced them and would have brought that level of doubt into the the crowd. But instead, you know, on they go, marching forward, they get they get to take more space. And I think we actually get stuck in ourselves a little bit you know we played within ourselves um we we the what do you call it you know we, we, there, there wasn't there wasn't the aggression in our own, own game that i think that was missing i think your point about the fact that it was henderson on the floor 
is a really good one. But uh, no, it was a key decision in the match. And I think that could have really affected things because the crowd would have responded differently, because the players would have responded. It would have got them fired up more. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like sour grapes from us at the moment, doesn't it, with that bad decision? But at the end of the day, you've got to call out what happens in the game and that's early on. Um, Nick, uh, your thoughts, mate? I know you were crediting West Ham. We'll get there. We'll get there with what they did on set pieces and stuff. Uh, but what are your thoughts on what we reacted to with, from your points? Yeah, no, no, that is a fair point. I didn't, I didn't actually... Um, I was kind of on and off watching the game and I actually missed that whole incident. Um, so... Yeah, um, but having looking at the screenshots and the replays, yeah, it clearly looks like it should have been a red or at least a yellow or at least something. Um, yeah, it's definitely wild and out, out of control. Um, but yeah, but finally, just to pick up on one other thing is that despite all of this, you know, we've scored three goals in every away game for God knows how long and how close were we for Mane to seal the, you know, to at least seal the equaliser there in stoppage time. Yeah, I mean, I'll come back to you um, again, Carl. Mane's two misses were, you know, cost us dear in this game. He had two really big chances and both of them weren't begging. Yeah, I mean, obviously Mane was a concern for a lot of fans coming into the season, but it has to be said, especially in the past few weeks, he's been very bright and he's gotten among the goals. But today, unfortunately, while he, he was bright and he got in the positions, he, he just couldn't find the back of the net. And it's frustratingly so, because I, I did think when that ball went in at the end that he was going to find the back of the net and we were going to kind of, you know, maybe... Uh, by the skin of our teeth get away with a point but you know just unfortunately it wasn't to be it wasn't his day in front of goal I mean it wasn't a lot of our players day <laughs> to be fair um, and unfortunately he, he just couldn't find the, the far corner yeah it would have been deserved I think the draw would have been deserved as well but um, okay thank you Nick appreciate it yeah cheers guys speak to you later Ta-ra. um John, let's go back to um, that first goal then uh, that we conceded uh, directly off a corner, given as an Alisson own goal in the end. Um, Alisson, obviously very, very, you know, he was trying to get that chalked off. But uh, what were your thoughts on it when you watched the replays back? Oh, it was a clear goal. Bad positioning from Alisson. Um, yeah. I, I didn't think the defence were, were positioning themselves well. And you see it later in the game when West Ham get the... Uh, was it the third goal third. there? Um, you know, it was almost d- direct. I was trying to think whether this was Al- one of Alisson's poorest performances. And I think for me it was really. He seemed distracted. The bit where he came running out and sort of kung fu kicked the ball, you know, had my, my heart on the desk in front of the, uh, the computer screen as I was watching the match. I don't know. I felt, I felt after the match, he us- after the first goal, he usually recovers really, really well. But right from the get-go, I mean, such a such an error to concede. Um, bad positioning. He needed to hold his head up and, and carry on. And I think usually he does, but I, I did not feel that the defence and Alisson oozed confidence today. So I think it was a good goal. I thought West Ham played to their strengths, and that was exactly what they were there to do. Cause us trouble around the goal line with big, big, strong guys. Yeah, I think the fact that it happened so early as well, Carl, is what throws then that I mean, there was really no threat from West Ham. 
in that first half. There was nothing. The second half was a different story. We'll get there. But the first half, there was they just parked. They got this head. They got this own goal, and they parked the bus. Literally, that's all they did. It took something like thirty minutes for us to have a shot. Yeah, I mean, I think it was over thirty minutes for either side. Obviously, manager shot because that been an OG didn't count as a as a no. shot. And like, we were losing uh, without conceding a shot. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's frustrating. I mean, you know what West Ham are going to do to you on set plays. They're going to try and bully you. And the fact that Allison positions himself in a position that makes them so easy for them to do so is is beyond frustrating. And you know, obviously we. It, you know, you could say we, we react well and that obviously we have a lot of the ball in their half, but, you know, we're, we're not really creating anything. We, we As we said, we didn't get a shot in into 30-odd minutes in. And, I mean, you know against West Ham, it's generally how it plays out. They show us a lot of respect. They give us all the ball. And generally, we just prove too much for them, which is why we've had such a, a good run against them in, in recent years. I know they gave us a bit of a, a scare last season in the 2-1, but obviously we were we were too good for them. But you expect Liverpool to produce more quality um, when they have that much of the ball, and, and we really didn't see that in, in the first half, considering the amount of it we had. And I think John made a point earlier, you know, with regards to the red card or their lack of, that, you know, kind of the early events seem to play on the mind of the Liverpool players. And I, I think that may have played a, a part in that opening half hour and, and how we were so kind of toothless in, in front of goal. Um, I, I think that they, one thing Moyes has got right with this team is how he sets them up defensively. So once they're ahead, they can then counter. And with Antonio and with some of the other quality that they've got in terms of passing the ball and set pieces, they have a couple of outs for them that it, that works. So one is set pieces. Uh, and then the other is on the counter, Antonio's a pain. They've got good passes of the ball that can find a ball to them. They're very direct. They've got very tall players in the middle of the park and in defense so that they can you know, withstand any kind of bombardment, should I say. So once what Moyes has done there is really made them compact, made them hard to get past in the middle, which we, we struggle with. We really, really, really struggle with. So, and I thought from my point of view that when they actually came, um, when they actually went direct, our setup and how we were set up, both of our eights were gone past Fab. Or pass the ball even. So if we give it, if we'd lost the ball anywhere in between, you know, the the two Ds, shall we say, in the center circle D and and the and the eighteen yard box outside the eighteen yard box, the eights were were already gone. The full backs were already pushed on, and we only had Fab and the two center backs behind. And that kind of just leaves you to. And we looked totally out of, you know, it was just on the transition, totally, totally exposed, totally exposed. So, I don't know what the plan was, but one of the eight should always stay as close as possible to Fab. Always, always it should be that way. Always. It should never be both move on. There should always be someone covering for that loose ball that we make. And it wasn't there today. Fab tidied up really well, to be honest, for a lot of the game. A lot of the game he tied up, especially the first half. We won the ball back loads, but there was nothing else. There was nothing else. So... It was a struggle, but okay, we do have um, another caller. Um, 
Lisa Marie, Lisa, does your unmute button work? Let's have a look. We're not sure it has just yet. We'll try and see if Lisa can get that to work, part of the AI podcast. You must have heard it with Trev and the boys. But um, we'll come back to John. Yeah, I have a comment, actually, Gags, vis-a-vis what you were just saying. I think <clears throat> I think this is one of the first in- instances that Klopp goes back into the dressing room, calls up the owners and says, uh, why did you let uh, Wijnaldum go? Because I think if you've got Ginny, Ginny Wijnaldum in that team tonight, you have a player that takes takes five minutes out of the game, that shields the ball, that enables Fab and, and, and Hendo to knock the ball around a bit more, to get it get it out to the flanks to, to play forward. I, I, I just, I mean, I love uh, Ox. I think he's great. Um, I just felt, looking at that match, I wasn't screaming at the screen because I try not to for my blood pressure. But if I was, I, you know, I was screaming, we need... Uh, a Van Alden like figure who can take the ball, take you know, shield the ball, hold it, because as you as you said yourself, they were just coming at us. Trent was going very very forward. Um, there was a lot of discussion about Robbo. I saw on on Twitter that he wasn't having the greatest of games, and I agree. I don't think he was, but I just felt that we didn't have the tools in our midfield to cope with what West Ham were doing, and that when Thiago came on, that didn't make any difference either. I think it was too late. The yeah. change was too late for Thiago, to be honest. I uh, I don't think that's going to make... When you're 3-1 down, it's going to make little difference to the game because they're going to be all, all men behind the ball and Thiago's going to have to go forward and play outside their box. That's not going to help us because no one's really... Hendo was also going forward. So we were... Even when Thiago had gone forward, we were still... we were Sorry, it came on. We were still going to be uh, exposed at the back on every break. But that's game state, right, John? We're talking about game state at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, exactly. that's going to happen. I think even at 1-1, those things were happening. Even at 1-1, we had no, you know, we just have no, what's it called? We just had, we, there, was, there was no cover for anyone. But we weren't set up right. I think it's a, a case of the structure again. And I, I don't know whether Ox, the pressing wasn't right either. You know, when we were pressing, when they had the ball at the back, None of it was none of it was right. It didn't look good. Like without a Nabi, we it just seems like we don't have that second line coming straight after the forwards to to do something and, and put them under pressure. It was really, really weird. So for me, I think the Ginny point going back to your Ginny point, Ginny probably wanted a lot more money. Yeah, uh, sure. And and there was a lot more to it than us saying stay. Yeah, of course. Um, if the player wants to 50k or something a week, we don't know. We're, I mean, people are assuming it was just peanuts he wanted, but why would you assume he wanted peanuts? Why would Liverpool not say yes to peanuts? At the end of the day, he obviously wanted something VVD level, and we didn't think that the output was worth that, or at least close to that level. For a so, player of that age. No, no, I get that completely. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, I mean... They're taking this long with the Mo one, which I think will happen, but they're taking this long with the Mo one, which is a no-brainer. What do you think is going to happen with Ginny? <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, I sure. Mean, I think my point is really, you know, we didn't have a... We did, sure, you don't give the money to a guy that age. I just didn't feel that we have anyone on the side yeah. currently fit that could come in and help us keep the ball for five minutes so we could take the steam out of West Ham, we could take the steam out of the the the, the audience, the, the fans in the stadium, because they were loving it. I think, you know, at no point did we, one of the best passing teams in the league, 
could just knock it around, kill the stadium. Would have been good. Yeah. We, we we couldn't do it. We just couldn't do it. And that was that was the issue, I think, as well. Um, any thoughts on that one, um, uh, Carl? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think what based on the the point you've made there i mean what really stood out to me was i feel like we did we haven't really learned from a lesson since the the brighton game i mean the the point you made gags about henderson and ox leaving fabinho isolated and you know not protecting their fullbacks at the same time we saw the exact same thing with jones and ox leaving henderson isolated and not protecting their fullbacks against brighton and those counterattacks particularly on our right side were very punishing and again they were today i mean against brighton kanate obviously was left 1v2 too often and uh, today then matup is left in some similar positions at times and matup doesn't even have the pace that kanate has to, to kind of keep up with the and we saw that that was what led to the first goal because van dyke had to be pulled across so i mean it, it is concerning that the that klopp didn't learn from that and, and came in against another counter-attack side and, and left us vulnerable to, to that play and I know we've had a lot of injuries in midfield and a lot of people are going to probably point out that if we hadn't we, we'd be seeing most likely a consistent Thiago and Fabinho kind of two in the midfield and things might be different and, and that may well be the, the case but you have to deal with injuries as, as best you can, and I'm not sure we've we've done so in in recent games with the the way the midfield's been set up. I agree, mate. Um, there's a question in the group, or at least uh, a question to a uh, questioning of a point that John just made. Uh, you give that you don't give money to a guy that age, but you renew the captain when he was more reliable and influential on the pitch than the captain. I think there's a little bit of context missed here by Keem because once the Ginny decision is made, then after that, you're you're basically in a shit position. You've put yourself into a corner. And there was no one more than me that was pissed at um, giving a guy that age that contract. But I think Hendo used that position very well that he wanted to leave if he didn't get it and we weren't buying another midfielder, we would be even fucking shorter without that. I think at the end of the day, it's a bad decision what they did. Uh, but for the, you know, from what they do normally is my is my point. But I get why they had to do it in the end. Uh, and that's fair play to his team and him at the end of the day. But I don't think um, if Ginny was, you know, had two years left, I think Ginny would have stayed. And uh, Hendo may have may have left this summer. I think that's how it would have worked. But unfortunately, he took the advantage of that situation. And here we are. Um, okay, we're still struggling to get Lisa on, unfortunately. But we will keep trying till the end of the call. The equaliser then. Uh, Carl, talk us uh, through that one. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly hasn't been uh, Trent's best season in front of goal, um, but I think that the curse of the commentator, at least on um, Sky, worked out for him on this one because they, they pointed that out and he, he soon uh, reminded them what he can do. I mean, it, it was very close to free. I mean, the, I think it was the kind of what I was shouting at the TV for Salah and Trent to, to try and roll it back a bit to gain themselves a couple of yards so they can get it up and over. But I think they worked it really clever in the the way, obviously, that, that 
Trent taps it to Salah, who then tees him up, and that takes a you know kind of gives that angle so he can get it around the wall and and in. And, and we know how dangerous Trent can be, even if, as I said, this season he hasn't always shown it. Um, but I mean, he's just one of the best strikers of the ball in in the league at the at the moment and i think no keeper is going to be able to to deal with that at the end of the day and it was just it was perfect and it was it, it was perfectly timed as well because i think at that time we were all sweating it uh you know that we we, we weren't seeming to find a way around that despite as we said earlier that the we weren't creating we, were having. we just weren't creating were we that first half was just Really drab. I mean, Cara called it a, a really enjoyable first half. I just don't know what game he was watching. So, honestly, John, I have no idea what game he was watching. It wasn't enjoyable at all. That free kick from Trent was the best piece of quality in the whole game, in in my in my opinion, and very smartly done with Bowen being targeted and as he was standing a bit further back behind them. And the way they made the angle for it and then swerve it round him and the tall players in the in the wall and hit the postage stamp that that is absurd quality to do that and it you know it doesn't always work for him but this one worked beautifully no it was just it, it was one of the moments of the weekend it was a fantastic goal really really well worked um and i was really pleased for trent he, He's an interesting character because, you know, obviously he, he came in for quite a lot of criticism during the year through, you know, the national team. And then he didn't, you know, go because he was injured in the summer. And there's been this you know, sort of discussion outside of Liverpool, you know, how good is Trent really? And I think what he's shown this season is that he is a senior player, given his very young age, at the club. And... Yep, he hasn't got as many goals as I'd like to. And I think he's capable of because I think he's a fantastic striker of the ball. Mm. But the, today it really showed, I think it really showed he's, he has the ability to step up and to make a difference and to lead, not just from pushing, shouting, but through, through actions. This was the action of a, of a leader. I'm going to stand up there and I'm going to make that, you know, make the strike that gets us back into it. I do think we've worked more on our set pieces. The one that Mane misses at the end. Mm. Um, I thought yeah. I thought we were better on set pieces apart from Mane's finishing. But I mean, fantastic for Trent. I'm so pleased for him. And you know, he's just building such a, a, a base to 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 go on. You know, he's just phenomenal. I know it's a great goal. He really is. I think focusing the the the, the discussion on Trent a little bit, Carl. He was obviously a lot of the you know, us being exposed was down that right side. And if you notice, and this has happened all season, it's been obviously worked on Trent's coming further, you know, inside. Um, he does, he does play wide, but he does like to come inside and, and try to create for there from there or be involved from there, you know, from, from that inside right position. The problem is now though, that Hendo is going further wide when he does that. So if we lose the ball at any point, the cover for the right backs completely gone. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that that earlier. That we we've seen that a lot this season. That I mean, it just leaves a scratch in your head as to to the tactics that that Klopp's employing in that sense. I I know it, it it's given us some joy in an attacking sense, but I think with how far up Henderson is and and how wide, and then when Trent comes in, it just it just leaves 
acres of space in behind it's it, you, we may as well just scream at the opposition to attack us there because it, it's it's just too easy for them and yeah it's not it, smart because if you're gonna recross the ball so much right anything can happen from across as we know anything can happen it's you get a deflection it could the ball could end up anywhere so if you're exposed and all of your players are you know either in line or a boat uh, in front of the ball you're fucked and that's what happened today we every time we lost that ball in that in that it, you know further up the pitch, whether it was a bad touch, someone not um, holding it up well, or a bad cross, Robbo lost it a few times the other side. Just from a cross, we were we were counted off just a cross. We gave the cross, we gave the ball away off of a fucking cross. Which, by the way, Robbo had like twenty of them in the first half. Sorry, I don't know the numbers, but twenty. And, and I think John's already mentioned this, but he's had twenty of them in the first half. Didn't find one fucking man. Not one, and we got counted on about two or three of them. It's just yeah, I was... what? Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry to yeah. I was what? just like nodding, nodding away here because I was thinking there was one point where Trent starts where Robson Robertson's whipped it in. We've lost the ball. They're coming back at us. You know these huge guys from West Ham absolutely charging back at us, and Van Dijk and Matip are going as good as they get. And Trent has to accelerate, and I'm thinking this is not good for his hamstrings. You know he he was so far up in attack, literally had to turn, was was running back, and then it's that oh no moment and. Really really starts motoring um did you and- notice mo had to cover for for hendo yeah. at one point mo oh, yeah, came no. back and got to antonio on the right side yeah he was right back at the moment wasn't he? yeah trent was there as well but mo was right next to him to get there first because of the speed it's just like what's going on i don't and you know what you have to question klopp at that point hendo's hendo's no way does hendo go against what klopp says i think He's too much of a nice guy to just go rogue on Klopp, right? And just out of his own selfishness, go wide, right? Do you know what I mean? I just don't accept that. He can't do it. He just it's it. he's too much of a good guy to do that. What is, what is then the plan? Because we're getting... Exp- are we just saying we're going to take it a chance? We're just going to take a chance to play more basketball football? Because if so, that's, that's, that's cost us a few games. You know, like as in draws and losses, and now that's what one win in three or four is it? I don't know, but it doesn't seem like a good run at the moment in the league. So I think something needs working on. Something definitely needs working on. We do before we go to our first time ever caller. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back after these messages. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Mulby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists. We'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your 7-day free trial now. Okie doke, thank you for staying with us, or maybe forwarding those messages, but you should always listen because it's about AI Pro, and 
adverts that helps us grow the channel. So please do sign up to AI Pros and forward slash join just in case you did forward those messages. I'm quite smart, aren't I? Anyway, we do have another caller and it's a first time caller on the post-match show. We're hoping this is going to work. Um, she's a regular now on the AI podcast, our main show on the free side, as well as this one. It's Lisa Marie. Lisa, welcome to the post-match call-in. Thank you, Gags. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. How are you doing? Uh, well, you know, I guess as well as to be expected at this point in my day. Um, I know. Of course, I, I have know. a lot more of my day left to go. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> just, you know, thought I'd point that out. Um, you make us feel better also, with that, at least. That's nice. I know. know. Well, and I feel that I should offer everyone an apology. Because every time I rearrange my Sunday to be able to be at home and watch the match live, it generally doesn't work well for us. Um, the Leeds game, while we won, you know, we lost Harvey, um, you know, tied Man City. It, anyway, and and United, when I wasn't able to be home to watch it live, you know, we, we smacked them upside the head very well. So I don't know. I guess I'm going to quit rearranging my Sundays to watch the matches <laughs> live. So <laughs> that will be my, um, what I will do going forward. Um, yeah, I I agree with probably just everything that is that has been said to this point. I think we just seemed very disjointed. Um, it it didn't feel as though the midfield was working in sync with the defense, and I think that's just key for us. I mean, when we think back, you know, a season or two ago when everything was click and click and click in, that was a lot of it. Is you know, the defense was in sync with the midfield, the midfield was in sync with the front line. And, you know, it was just so fluid and seamless. And we just don't have that right now. And and I, of course, don't know how to solve that. I am not a football manager. But it's just so frustrating to watch. Yeah, I agree. Carl, what do you think, mate? Where, how does he fix it? I mean, at the end of the day, the team should always move forward and back together. And, you know, that's what a compact, that's what a great team does. That's what it used to do. Does he have the personnel available to him in midfield to be able to pull that off, though? That's the question, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the problem. It seemed like he was trying to reinvent our midfield somewhat with the, the departure of Wijnaldum. And what was surprising to, to much of many of us was that it, it seemed that Harvey Elliott was going to be a central part of that. And it was going to be Fabinho, Thiago and, and Elliott. But then two of those players got injured and Fabinho got injured shortly after as well. And we just haven't had the the personnel there to, to do what Klopp wants to do. And I, I think he's he's having to just fill gaps, really, with the, the players that are, are coming in. And, and some of them have done well. I, I think Keita had some some good games, but then he himself got injured. And it's just, it, it's very difficult to, to kind of find that you know that 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 understanding as that Lisa Marie pointed out in the team it's hard to to attain that when the midfield that you know that the heart of the team that the center point is just chopped and changed every game and I, I know it's 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 enforced for the most part but it, there's just no consistency there and I, I think it does center around that midfield well and you also have to find that balance between having the consistency and not flogging the veil the players that you have available you know i mean we've all talked about how robo has apparently been you know just overplayed um you know in the last few seasons but we've got you know um costas now and let's you know rotate him in more and you know and allow 
you know, Robertson to get the rest and maybe, you know, find his rhythm again. And it, anyway, one other thing, um, I just want to say a personal hello to John Bosco because we message back and forth throughout all the games all the time and we've never been able to, to speak. So to speak. Hi, Lisa Marie. Hi. <laughs> yeah, an unknown, an unknown <laughs> AI secret. Yeah, an unknown AI secret that Lisa Marie and I constantly talk about Liverpool during matches and prior to matches. Um, <laughs> I, I'd actually like to just respond to what you were saying. Um, I think one of the things that we're actually seeing here is we miss Joe Gomez's pace. Because I think that Van Dijk and Matip, Van Dijk is not as fit as he was. He's not got the recovery pace that he had before. Uh, that's not to say that he didn't play really well. I thought he was one of the players that did, did best. He saved us twice, you know, actually coming back. But I think pushing out from the back, we're leaving gaps between the defence and the midfield, where in the past we've had other players to, to mop up. We've lost that attacking thrust from the back going forward because, you know, Keita's injured, uh, Jones is injured. And I think Joe Gomez is, he, he was a player that we've had who could react very, very quickly, a lot of pace, good defence. I mean, I love Matip and I think Matip's been one of our players of the season thus far. But I think what Klopp needs to, Klopp needs to address is the pace at which we're bringing the ball out, leaving gaps between the midfield and the defence and enabling other sides like West Ham to knock it across us, knock it over us, and put us in trouble. This today, Like I said, Gags, at the start of the show, I wasn't that surprised. I think you've seen this kind of play from us coming, despite the brilliant performance against United. And let's face it, United were woeful themselves on that day. So um, I think Klopp's, Klopp and his team have got some homework to do. And I think it would be good to get Joe, Joe, Joe Gomez get his speed back, see if we can get something. Maybe he'd give us something else more there, both in our attacking play through his ability to cover back. I'm not sure if Joe would be the answer now. Konate is probably ahead of him in the picking order. But again, Konate is fast, good in yeah, the air. Yeah, that's what I mean. A player yeah. of that speed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he would do. I'd, I mean, when you have a disjointed midfield, do you want some more pace? At the back, that's a that's a good point. You know, you probably might want to, especially with Matip there. I mean, he's been solid though, hasn't he? And so reliable for us so far yeah. this season. And they didn't really get anything from. I mean, that one break, yes, they scored with. The, I think Allison should save it, and we should talk about that second goal. And um, Lisa, you can talk to us, uh, talk about it with us as well. To be honest, that second goal, the entire midfield had a chance to take him down. This is the second time that's happened. I think it happened with Atletico as well, or which game was it? Was it the City game, Bernardo? There was there was a chance to take the player down, three of them round him. It's going to end up being a, a failed press leading to goal. And then Alisson doesn't cover himself in glory again, Lisa, for that second either. It's a really poor shot from Fournal, really poor. It's right at him, and he's fumbled it in, kind of. But... There's so many things wrong with that goal. Again, it all starts with us not being good enough in um, transition. But M Mane giving it away so easily, you know, just so easy. It, it, it all starts there, not holding it up. And then just from that, we can see the goal. It shouldn't be that easy, never. Agreed. That was the point in the match where I started yelling at the TV. 
<laughs> and I don't usually yell at the TV. That's that's out of character for me. But yeah, this this today drove me to it. But yeah, I was it, the whole. I mean, yeah, the whole thing. You know, Mane losing it. The midfield just kind of allowing them to to play through, and and the defense I think was caught a little bit off. You know, because the line was so. If I'm remembering the right one, the line was so far forward at the time. And then Allison, I mean, I I. I try not to be critical um, or overly critical of goalkeepers in general, but yeah, I really think he, I mean, we've seen him saved, save far harder shots than that time and time again. And I think I, today just wasn't his day. I don't know if that first goal just rattled him, um, which, you know, again, is very unlike Allie, but it, it was, it was a shambles. The whole thing was my husband and I were both screaming at the TV. He doesn't yell at the TV usually either. So Carl, do we need to, you know, stop being nice guys and just take some of these guys down, like, you know, those cynical fouls that City do? And do, do we just need to be that way? That can't let a team just walk through us like that, surely? No, and I mean, that is certainly something that we're, we're guilty of. We, we saw it last year. Um, it sticks out in my mind against Newcastle. And we were saved, well, we were sort of saved our blushes because they, they scored moments later anyway. But it, there was a similar situation where they were running through midfield and just players refused to just take one for the team. I mean, you know, I know... It frustrates you when you're on the opposite end. We've we've all been on the end of like a, a Fernandinho or something where they're they're snide. But you know, when you take off your, your rose tinted glasses, you have to just applaud them because the, it's smart play, you know. Sometimes you just have to know that a player's got a head of steam up, they're they're making good ground, just just take them out, take your yellow card and then just reset for the free kick and we just a lot of the time we we just let them go and we take unnecessary risks. And I mean, the warning signs were there. It wasn't the first time that they, they powered through. So I, I just don't understand how, I think there was three players that had a chance to just stick a leg out and they didn't. And it, it's just, it's infuriating to watch, to be honest. Just take the yellow. Yeah. Fabino's usually good for that. And I don't, I, I don't recall where he was. You know, He's he, the he one. He just couldn't. Was he? Oh, there's three, okay. there, there's three of them. There's All like right. two or three of them there, Lisa, and he's one of them. Isn't he on a card right. at that point? Ah, uh, he was on a card. He was on a card from early in the second half, wasn't he? Was he? Was he? Okay. No, Fab didn't get booked. No, 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 Fab didn't get booked. Hmm. I thought. Okay, well, I'm seeing things there. Though. It was Trent, wasn't it? Ah, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, it was Trent it was who Trent. got booked. It was Trent. Yeah. So Fab, any of the midfield could have taken one for the team there. Yeah, yeah Fab's usually really good at that. He gets those long, skinny legs in, and and you know, yeah, his, and make it look like he makes it look like a genuine challenge too, which then the referee yes. goes a little easy on. But um, when it, and if it would have been from behind, but it, there was no chance of him getting a red in it because there were so many players in between the goal and and yeah. where they were. But like I said, it's just way too easy. And then how much can VVD mop up? VVD mopped up about three counters on his own today, like literally, like a you know John like taking candy off a baby at times. <laughs> yeah, he he did, and and I think he showed his frustration. Um, I think he you know really showed showed his frustration, particularly uh, it was just before the corner. Was it just before the corner that, that they got back into it? I thought he was fantastic in the way that he's covering, but I don't know. 
He's one of one of the one of the standout players today for us. Massive in the box in the yeah, first. Yeah, it was just block. a brilliant. It was just a brilliant. You know, and and you know, they, I think everyone sort of you know had to just hold up their hands. There was no even no even trying to call the oh, it's a foul, it's a foul, it's a foul. He was he was excellent, but there was something not right. I, when Lisa was talking about Koskas and Robertson, I did wonder if. If we we missed the aggression, that that really it was Van Dijk that was the aggression in the in the back, in the back today. That that Robbo and uh, and Matip and and Trent, you know, Trent is obviously going forward, but certainly it was not working. It was not working. I know you want to late put it on 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 Allison gags. You keep returning to that. I do because I, honestly, one I think it's Klopp's tactically just didn't get it right. We were, yeah. we were too easily, First that's goal definitely honest. one thing, right? Definitely. Because then yeah. you don't give away those corners and those set pieces if they aren't anywhere near your, your back line. And if you're a bit, if you're a bit caught, you know, um, on the, in the transition, you're going to foul them or, you know, there's a chance you're going to end up fouling them or they're going to go and score. And that, <laughs> that's literally what happened. Um, but before we go to that third goal, I want to ask Lisa, if there's anything else, that she wanted to say as we have one more caller straight after her. Anything else from you, Lisa, before we say bye? No, um, nothing Nothing else. Um, again, I guess we just sort of recover over the international break and, and get going again once we're back. What is it, like the 20th of November? Something like that. So. Yeah, I'm actually going to Anfield for the first time in a few, in 18 months. So um, 19 months. So that's Yay. going to be interesting Yay. with the inform Arsenal. I hope it's I not. I hear your uh, enthusiasm. Yeah, I know. I know. But um, just, well, it, I hate losing before an international break. It really puts the downers on. But yeah. thank you so much, Lisa. So nice to hear your voice. And um, thank, thank you, you for calling in. Hope to hear you again. Thank you. I'll try to enjoy uh, the rest of my day. <laughs> oh, you will. Don't worry about it. It's the type. Some people were overreacting. The tire race is over. It's not. It's still on. But we have to be better. We have to. Klopp has to get it right. Um, okay. So we have the main man, Dell, with us. Dell, how you doing, bud? Hey, Gags. Hey, John. Dell, you right? still confident we're going to do the quadruple? Yeah. Um... <laughs> 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 uh, I heard it. Uh, that's not very confident. <laughs> yeah, just pissed off, man. Um. As in, if we first well, goal, yeah. Go on, Hello? We, we lost yeah. you then, mate. Go on. Yeah. Now, take it back to the first goal, yeah. Um, you know, yes, I put some pictures up on Discord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is nobody talking about the offside? Because no one touched the ball. Uh, Agbana didn't touch the ball. He did. He, yes, no, so he was directly in phase of the, of the, of the, of the attack. You can't be offside when the ball is... its He's taking it from literally the touchline, dude. I know, but I'm saying... How can you be offside? No, it's impossible to be offside of a corner. No, no, but I'm saying, but he stood on the goal line just before the uh, kick was taken. The kick was taken by Jared Bowen, or the four nouns. Yeah, he jumps up. He jumps up. Yeah, and he's directly uh, in play. Yeah, so he's playing the offside. No, 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 dude, no. Look, you can't be off. You can't. You can't. Be no, I'm with gags on this. I'm with you gags completely. Can't be off of corner, dude. Look at the dude, pictures I put on Discord. I know, brother, but you can't be offside off of a corner. 
literally what the corner is like is like you're taking it off of the line, yeah? That's how it's treated. No, 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 where no, it no, is no. in the circle. No, 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 no. A throw one, you can't be offside. A corner, you can. You can't, dude. It's yes. literally taken no. from the dead line, the line. No. There's no one that you can't. No, if, you, the, if you're further than that line, you're off the pitch. You can't be offside. I know, but I don't, is, it, is it a set piece? Is it a set piece? Dude, dude don't worry about it. You can't be offside yeah. from there. <laughs> Let it go. Yeah, the, the only know. way someone can get caught offside, right, is if that corner's a bit deeper, it's like a bit further out, so as in like it goes to, say, near the penalty spot, and we push out and someone heads it back in, and then there's a there's a player there, that, that can be offside off a corner, but it's because it's the next phase. You can't be offside off that. No, it's impossible. No, but what you don't understand is, is Agbonna, he's on the goal line, yeah? The kick then gets taken... He jumps out of the uh, the goal line. He then comes into play against Alison Becker. You can't, dude. You can't be offside of a corner. You just can't. It's just unless, like I said, the example where you play it, to, it goes to someone, they head it in, and there's someone in an offside position after that phase. You literally can't be offside. It's it's like a law. <laughs> Eva. Yeah, yes, either one or two things. Either I, I've been watching football completely wrong my whole entire life. Then, then I love you so much. I'm You're so great for podcasting. You're so or, great for podcasts, like the best. Or, or, you make this podcast so enjoyable. Like, you've made my day. Yeah, oh, I'm completely right this year, but it's <laughs> I'm gonna, that was offside. Yeah, that was completely offside. Uh, uh, I said, I said, I, I still can't understand. The corner was taken. Agbona is on the goal line. Yeah, <laughs> the ball gets kicked. He then jumps in front of Alison Becker, who is then in the next phase of play. Yeah, and he's blocking Alison. So listen, how is he not? Okay, okay, okay. Listen, you need to be offside. Yeah, you have to be ahead of the ball. Okay, there is no way at the time that corner's played, Ogbonna's ahead of the ball. That's that's the that's the point. It's impossible. Yeah. Okay, gags. Okay, gags. Yeah, this is a challenge for the UP boys. Yeah, when you guys do your on pressure, when was oh, it? On Tuesday. <laughs> on Tuesday. Tuesday, Monday. Yeah, ask Dan Kenneth, ask Dan Rose, ask okay. Del, Can you go yeah, and just Google, Google? Can you be offside from a corner? You'll get your answer, brother. Before you called in, you should have done that. Okay? Anyway, Uh, right. Is there anything else? that? In fact, we'll have a bit of reaction. John, this is great. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I love Del. He's just made my night. I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm telling you this, man. I'm telling you this, man. We're going to fucking win the fucking league. I'm telling you. (laughs) It's games like this. It's games like this that will piss off the fucking players. It'll give them a good kick out the backside. Yeah, they needed a kick out the backside after the 25 games unbeaten. This is just a tonic they need. It, it really is the tonic that we need, Carl, I'm sure. This. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I have to hand it to Dell. I, I didn't think I was going to laugh this evening. I thought I'd just walk around with a frown on my <laughs> face. But, uh... <laughs> oh, Del, I love you, man. Oh. Jesus Christ, you're so good, dude. Uh, yeah, no, but also, she's not thing as well, yeah. Um... <laughs> I think the bubbles, 
uh, in the pitch, you kind of like um, had an issue with Alison's eyesight. <laughs> It has to be. Right, okay. Dal, I think we'll call it a night there for you, my friend. Thank you. You you, you definitely tried to cover up the first point with your second. Thanks. (laughs) Right, John. uh, We're going to to Carl first. Carl, that second, uh, that third goal that we conceded off the corner um, is shoddy in many ways, mate. And I think, again, we didn't really... The first one you put on Alisson, the, the, the next two, there's multiple people you could blame, couldn't you? I, I mean, even the lead-up to the to corner, I mean, again, it's just far too easy for, for them to, to get Antonio in behind and, and Virgil has to save us, you know, as he did many times today. I mean, I feel if if not for... Virgil I and mean, John kind of touched on it earlier. He had a he had a good game. He's one of the few people you can say had a good game. And if not for him, you know, West Ham might have had more goals on the on the day. At least at least uh, one more anyway, um, because that that wasn't his only saving challenge. Uh, there's there's one in the first half as well. And I mean, as we've said it time and time again on on the pod tonight, it, it was just so so easy for them on the counter. There was far too much space left you know we, we we weren't making the challenges in midfield to cut out the attacks before they they got going and then we were just leaving acres of space uh, particularly kind of wide and they they punished us for it and then obviously this time as i said van dyke saves us but he doesn't save us for long because you know bowen puts in a a, a corner and again you know allison what is he doing? I mean, you, you can question him on all three goals. And, and when's the last time you could say that about Alisson where, you know, we've conceded three goals a few times this, you know, in, in recent months, but I wouldn't say Alisson was at fault for, for all three or partly at fault for all three, but, but today he was. And, you know, it's just so easy for, for Zuma. I mean, to he finds himself free at the, the corner and Alisson, he's not an obstacle at all. So Mane just, switched off, didn't he? Yeah, I know a few people reached out to me said they blame Trent for not being alive to that as well. But it's so split second that if you're marking someone, you should be running with them, following them. You know, it was really interesting that something that Ferdinand was saying on the Champions League one, where I want to have a feel, but that's a defender, and Mane is obviously not a central defender or a defender at all. But as long as you've got a feel of the person that's that's running with you, you kind of um, you know you kind of can put them off or jump into them, jump up with them without fouling, you know. You got you can do that, but obviously Mane doesn't have that. It's not he's not a defender, so it wasn't gonna but he completely let Zuma go. And you know, John, it's so easy, but again, I just feel Alison could do better. And you know what it is? It's probably because I'm so expectant of the the standard that he set. And um, it's unfair to him because you you know what? He's allowed it. He's allowed it for sure. He's Won us, we won the league because of him. We won the Champions League because of him. You know, partly because of him. Some of the performance he's put in has been have been magnificent. One of our all-time great goalkeepers. But today was was definitely, you know, in my opinion, all three goals can be laid there as well. Unfortunately, uh, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if I'd say all three, but certainly he has a big hand. Certainly, the, absolutely the first one and. I, th- I think for me, what I take away from it is, yes, 
you know, I'm not going to question the guy. What he's achieved with the club hitherto has been fantastic. I have supported Liverpool ever since, you know, Ray Clements. Was, I feel like a dinosaur. Since Clements was the goalkeeper, I saw Clements as a kid. Um, and he's absolutely, Alisson is just like the best. He's brilliant. David James was a good goalkeeper, a very good goalkeeper who lost his nerve. Best save I ever saw was David James, but he lost his nerve. And this is one of those moments where you kind of go, okay, where does Alisson go from here? David De Gea was the, the best keeper in the world. But there are moments when goalkeepers are questioned. And this is one of those moments for Alisson. It's where does he react from this? How does he react? How does he, how does he move forward? And, um, you know, it's, you're only ever, ever as good as your last performance. Uh, and I, I think he'll hold his hands up. I think he'll yeah. hold his hands up and say he'll do better. I have some evidence, really, for you to say that he'll be fine because Alisson has a game like this once a year. I think he did it against City. Remember when he gave those two goals away to City by just passing it to him? Literally, they scored and, and beat us at Anfield 4-1. That was an Alisson game, you know, where it was like, what the hell are you doing? But yeah, he's been brilliant in recent weeks. And, you know, but so, as soon as he did that, though, the end of the season was faultless. You know, those last 10, 13 games from him were just unbelievable. And obviously, he lost his dad and stuff, and he scored that goal. And this season so far as well, he's been but, unbelievable. But, but Gags, I think I, I want to come back at you because the point you made earlier is that Klopp doesn't get something right today. And I think, I think Alisson is under pressure because of the way we're set up. Apart from the first goal, the first goal is dreadful. But I, mm. I, think, I, I think, you know, I, I, I want to put more of the blame on the squad, the setup, the team, than the individual mistakes of a keeper over a, a 90-minute game. Yeah. Yeah. Carl, any other thoughts from you, my friend? No, I mean, I'd agree completely with what John says there. It was a poor game for Allison, but, you know, it wasn't a poor game for Allison against Brighton, and we saw the exact same weaknesses. So, yeah. you know, we, we can't we can't put it down to just our goalkeeper having a bad day at the office. There are questions there that have to be answered. And, 100%. you know, we really have to hope that over the international break that Klopp and the lads sit down and look at things and figure out where it's gone wrong and, and see what the, the solution going forward is. We've got a very busy festive period to come. There's a lot of games coming, but that means there's also a lot of points to pick up and, and we could, we could, people are saying the title challenge is over and obviously Chelsea are, are looking strong and you know, we've got City and, and, and now West Ham ahead of us as well. But, you know, things can change when games are coming quick and hard. And if we have a good plan and we can settle into that game plan and get a consistent run going, we can pick up a lot of points and we could find come the new year that we're on top of the pile. But it's so important that we get that game plan down on paper and get it into action on the pitch. Yes, mate. Absolutely. I, d I don't doubt at all that there was more wrong than just the, the goals, really, with the keeper involved. Uh, it's getting to that position as well where it was poor and the second really hurt us really badly. And that's that's just an example of how people are just slicing through us at the moment and how that weak weak midfield is such a weak point. Um, the strikers have been good, though. Um, and that... Dave, I'll finish. I'll stay with you first, Carl. Was was another one of those moments where you think, 
can he can we turn this around now when Divock does something like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean Divock, you know, he he's kind of ch- channeling, you know, t- the Divock of the past, you know, the 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 man who just he looks like he's going to score when the ball comes to his feet in the box in, in, in recent games. And I'm surprised that hasn't resulted in a few more minutes on the pitch. I mean, I, I didn't think Jota had the best of games today. I think when he plays central, he generally is. He's all about his goals, but he doesn't have too much involvement off the ball as he would if he played out on the left. And that's fine when he's banging in every chance he gets, but it just didn't seem to be working for him today. And I just wondered if Klopp would try something different with Minamino or Origi because of the, the recent form they've had in, in the cup and the, the goals they've scored. And, you know, obviously when Divi does finally get on the pitch, you know, the, the turn, the finish, and it, it did kind of have that feeling like, you know, it, my I went from completely down in the dumps to thinking, you know, here, could, could this be one of those famous comebacks? No, I wasn't even thinking of the three all. I was like, come on, lads, it can push can win. back to 4-3. That's it. There was time yeah, there. But... We've seen those in the past. That, that's how we won the title, for example, was those kind of comebacks. And... You know that that's why, as a Liverpool fan, you should believe that that we're we're capable of that. But unfortunately, um, we just couldn't find any more chance. Well, except for the Mane chance, obviously, which we discussed earlier. That just we just the final ball wasn't there. We we weren't creating the chances, and you know that the DV goal is nothing more than a, a consolation a prize, really, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's a half chance from where he is and the flick and the turn and the bobble. And he, it's just such a great finish. Uh, John, really, um, he he likes to just turn up and, you know, pop these kind of goals in, these these really cool goals. Obviously, it's not got us anything today, but fair play to him. I think he's he's got his numbers this season in terms of minutes played and goal scores are mad as well. Uh, you've got to love the guy. I have to drop Lisa Marie in it. She messaged me just as he came on. What is you know what is Klopp thinking bringing on Divi for for Jota? <laughs> and then like two, I, you know, she did eat humble pie. You know, to be honest, I we all thought the same thing because because if you look at, if you think about it, the last three games where Mo's not scored, we've come against we've come up against teams that have got a decent way of playing or setting up against against him. And he's been nullified totally. Uh, yeah. Towards the end of the game, Mo started to, you know, do a lot more drag bags and rolls and getting inside the box. But it's not going to always work for him. Those are those are once in a lifetime goals, and he's got two this season. You know, and yeah. um, but what does Divi have? What does Divi have that our front line don't have? He's got height. But he's Who, not very good in the air, really. No, 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 no. But I mean, come on, Gags. You know, we we would. But you know, I'm I'm pretty tall. But bounce off someone like Divi. He's big and strong, and he gets in that box and he pushes around. And they can't keep physicality. Um, I'm not saying it's the answer every time, no. but I felt that uh, I felt that Manny in particular was very, very uh, ineffective. Yeah. 
Uh, Jota was good on the press. I thought Jota was doing very well, you know, helping us back. Um, but the forward, like, like you said, you know, they seem to know how to play Mo at some points. And, mm. and it's always the case that Mo's going to take, you know, just as everyone's talking about how he's the best player on the planet, he hit, you know, the, he hits a bit of a dip for him. I mean, he's still phenomenal. But I thought Divi was brilliant. And he comes, big guy, lumbers around, gets the gold, no problems. And you can see there's a hunger there just because he doesn't show it the same as, as others do. I thought it was great. Yeah, <clears throat> I think Atletico, they kind of switched off a couple of times where we got the goals from wide areas. These guys, big lugs, they just headed and, and kicked everything away all game that yeah. was going into the box. You know, nothing was hitting our players at all. It was impossible. And like KR99 has put in, you know, every player literally... How well, he's saying every player has an off day, but I thought literally every player had an off day today, apart from maybe VVD in some points. But I thought really everyone was was not at their best today. And, you know, Mane was, you know, those two, those two chances in the end, because in the second half he has one. Robbo's only good cross of the game was to Mane for the first one, Carl, and he could have put us ahead. Yeah, um, yeah, it does stick out given how bad um, Robo's crosses were on the day. And yeah. I mean, obviously, the the argument of whether Costa should have held his place or not is is one I'm certain is is being battled out across Twitter at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, we 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 talked about it earlier with the the chance of the death. You know, Mane certainly in the first half was very lively. Second half maybe not as much. I, I think they, they stifled him a bit, but he did find himself in, in two great positions, had the chance to, to make West Ham pay and, and, and didn't. And, you know, well, as I said earlier, he, he has been more like the, the Mane of, of old in, in recent weeks. I, I think he was certainly the, the Mane of last season uh, in the second half today. And, and hopefully he puts that behind him because that's, that's, that's not a, a return we want to see. No, and I think the big difference between the two teams today was one team took their two big chances and the other team did not take either of theirs. And that is simply where the game is. Uh, both of West Ham's big chances were scored, which was the Fournals shot and then the Zuma header. Um, then both of Mane's chances uh, won right at the end, 39% and 35% Mane, one that I just talked about as well. Either side of the keeper, that's going in. Mane heads it on target for the second one, it's going in. Two big chances there also uh, can be put as one of the reasons, as I already, already said, Alison, and we've already talked about the midfield. But then this as well, the two big chances also, which we did end up creating, both missed. Uh, one of those goes in, we get a point today. Uh, maybe if Mane's goes in, the whole game changes because first time we're ahead in the game. And also that means the game state is in our favour. So if they attack, on the counter were devastating. So that's just how important taking that big chance is. And I think, um, you know, today that is, um, that's where the game really has ended up costing us, John, the, the not taking those big chances, which we're normally, we can't, we, with this season, we've been lethal at. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. I saw some people were complaining about lack of passion, um, you know, lack of really going for it. But the, the, we are so talented. We are such a technical team that I don't think we, you know, we show our passion through our ability to control the ball. Just didn't seem to go right for them today. And 
Mane has he's had a good season compared to last season, but there are still times when it just doesn't seem to be firing on all cylinders. And I feel that sometimes he wants it so much, he tries so hard, he doesn't lay off the ball maybe when he should. There were a couple of instances in the first half I felt that others were in better positions, but he went for the goal. Fair enough, they're strikers. But no, we, we didn't take our chances. And even at the death, you know, Mane had a really good chance with that header that just, uh, that just you know, is too, too simple. No, it was, a, it was a real shame. For me, he was the weakest link after Alisson's errors. I think that's the difference, Carl, isn't it? Really? Uh, I don't know if you agree with that. Big chances. That's the, uh, that's the game. Well, I mean, that that's it. I mean, when it comes down to that, both sides have two big chances on the day and they take theirs and, and we don't. I mean, that, that's where football's going to be won and lost more more games than not. And unfortunately for us, that that's where we lost it today. I mean, I, I think a lot of people would say if those Mane chances had fallen to, to Jota or Salah, we'd probably be having a, a very different conversation and again that's not to have a, a go at Mane as I said he has been a lot better lately and, and hopefully he continues that and puts today behind him but it just wasn't his day in front of goal and unfortunately the chances went to begging and I just asked Carl, Carl can I just ask you a question there um, in terms of the, the you know their, their supporters this is the first time that we've gone behind where there is a really strong support in the ground. You know, they were loving it. We were unable to silence them. Do you think that affected us, that, that here we were, you know, in, in the season after COVID, as it were, that, that we, you know, our backs to the wall, we were facing a, a, a support that had the wind in their sails? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that was massive. You know, I, I was... I was intimidated by the crowd just just watching. Yeah, you know, it, it felt like it was a very difficult atmosphere to play in, and you know, we touched on it earlier how things went badly for us early on. Obviously, with the goal and and with the the red card that that never was, uh, you know put that together with the, the fans and the reaction. It, it was quite the cauldron, and it, it shocked me to be honest because. It, we often make fun of that stadium. I mean, for a long time, we'd make fun of West Ham fans and say it was the fans. But I remember, I think it was the uh, the Redmen once uh, spoke to, it, had a West Ham fan on, and he talked about how it was the design of the stadium, the way a lot of it's so far back from the pitch that it's very difficult to kind of generate the atmosphere they could in the past in, in Upton Park. But I have to say they made up for it today somehow because it, it was an immense atmosphere. And I think aside from me, Maybe a five-minute spell after we got the equaliser when the the travelling reds flared up. I mean, you have to hand it to the to the West Ham fans. They they really carried their team, and I think it's just a testament to how much belief they have at the the moment. Because, I mean, once they kind of gathered themselves after an equaliser, the, their fans fired up again. And it was like their attitude was like, you know, we, we shouldn't be drawing with Liverpool here, which is bizarre to say, but that's the impression I got. And I mean, the team reacted so well. They they were a different mm. animal in the second half. And, and you have to hand it to them, the, the fans, the players, and, and ultimately David Moyes, because they, they got things right today. They they put in the shift and they, they probably deserved a, a positive result at the end of the day. They um, played Thursday um, night, didn't they? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, they look they look fresher than we did. Sorry. Yeah, I just think that 
the confidence of a team helps a lot. So they were confident. They were they're a confident side. They know what they're good at. They focus on that. Uh, they caught us with those things early on. That gives you the boost and the and the you know they got a decision go their way early on too. So all of those things go in your favour. I I don't think this Liverpool team gets overawed by uh, stadiums or places. I mean, when you go to that Porto stadium, literally supposed to be the most frightening experience a player would ever have. Yet they go there and score four or five every time they they visit. You know, it's 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 one of those things where Liverpool have been in this stadium in the past. They were undefeated until this sixth go here. I and you know the the West Ham fans have always been loud, but I just think that it's. Today, we just weren't good enough. I don't think the fans... Personally, that's my view, and I totally respect you both your opinions, but I just think that we just weren't good enough today. We just weren't. Um, you know, even against United in the past, they've had shit teams, they've had a loud stadium, and we've just never turned up there. This time, we went there, the fans were... <laughs> we, we shut them up, but their team was just completely shite that day. Today, West Ham had a decent day. They took advantage of our mistakes. They took advantage of poor goalkeeping. They took advantage of a poor midfield. But they definitely did their basics really well in terms of their defending. They they shut Mo out. That's half the job done. And then Mane just didn't have the best game, which two big chances fell to him. It's We've let them off the hook with that one. We could have taken a point from this game or maybe even a win. But we did enough to, to you know, to to win. Those big chances are there, but then I think if you look at the XG, it's come out to from info goal is um, 1.23 to 1.59. So maybe a you know a 1-1 or a 2-2-1 two, to us is a fair result there. That Mane chance kind of just does it, but yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting. It's still playing so badly, you could walk away with a win there, guys. Even with playing that badly, you know that's the fine line between. Yeah taking your big chances. That's why when we talk about big chances and clear-cut chances and UP, there's so much of a focus on those. Last season, we, we Mane and Bobby were missing. Like, they were the worst in the league for big chance conversion. This year, they're miles better. But last year, they were missing cities week in, week out. And that's why we were always struggling and focusing on only Mo. And today... That one thing is happening. It's just a. It's 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 happened once. Mane's been. It, it was like that game. What was the game? Was it Burnley or what game was it at home where he had like twenty chances or something? I can't remember what. Ch- what can anyone that remember? Sounds, yeah, that sounds sounds familiar. And he had like he was never gonna chances, score. and then yeah. he puts one in right at the end, and he goes, "Yeah, great, that's great." Today it's just another one of those days. Where, but he only had two, I think, and both of them were big chances. <laughs> It's just not our luck, is it really? So, um, yeah, that's cost us, I think, Carl, at the end of the day, like I said. And is there anything else, guys? I'm not gonna ask you for a man of the match because I think that would be um that would be putting you on the spot and a bit unfixed. I don't really think there was a man of the match from our side. Um we're not going for West Ham players, but um is there anything you th- you think we've missed? Someone said um we didn't talk about Ox, but I didn't think there was much to talk about. No. Unfortunately, <clears throat> I I think Gags, if if you're asking me for my closing comments, um, I think this is a pivotal point for us in the season. We've we've gone under the radar, and nobody tipped us for for glory at the start of the season. Suddenly, we're you know we're scoring like 
nobody's business. We've scored so many goals. We're looking really good. And then there's just that little bit of things not going. The victory at United papered the cracks, you know, however, however wonderful it was. Look how quickly that's been forgotten. I think this is a pivotal point in the season because we've got injuries in midfield. The midfield is not firing. We've got Firmino up front who is out for what? A month, possibly more. Klopp's, you know, they're never that straight with how long players are going to be out. Um, it's going to be very, very important for us to turn this around very quickly to stay in those conversations. We've been fabulous in Europe, but we need to get players back, the squad firing. Um, this, for me, is is really pivotal. Me too, mate. Me too. There's, there's, um, there's a couple of pivotal periods. So it's this November to December. And then there's um, January to Feb where Afcon guys are gone. Oh, there's God, those yeah. two. There's two. These two. This next three months is is um, is basically our season. And I think, well, not really because we've got Champions League and we've already qualified. Thank God for that. We're in the latter stages, yeah. so there is something going to be there. Um, I just think, yeah, there is still a season. There is still always going to be a season Feb onwards because the Champions League's there and we look fucking amazing in that in that tournament. And the brilliant thing about that is as long as we don't get a team that's proper defensive, everyone seems to come to attack in the Champions League for some reason. Wants to have a have a have a match and they just get they get knocked out or, or they get battered. So I hope we just keep getting those type of attacking all the way to the final and we'll be fine, to be honest. But the league, Carl, is the is the holy grail all the time, mate. And we have dropped a lot of points this month in the league now. And what we need to focus on from November 20th to January the 2nd is picking up as many points as possible before the boys leave. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you you look at the games in, in which we've dropped points so far this season, and it's the same issues that are that are popping up time and time again. I mean, we we, we talked about them in in depth on on the show tonight, and I think as I said earlier in the show that over the international break, Klopp and his team they have to find the answer to to the questions that are being asked because it, it is. It is, as John said, the pivotal point of the season in that, as as I pointed out earlier, there's so many games. And if you're making those same mistakes with, with the games coming thick and fast, you're going to drop so many points. But if you find those answers between now and then, you have the opportunity to pick up so many points and you know you can gain ground on, on those teams that are now ahead of us and, and possibly even get ahead of them. So I think it's massive that we find the answer. I don't think we can continue as as we are. If we keep setting up this way with the, the suicidal eights and with the... the suicidal eights, that's going to be a new Twitter account. Someone, <laughs> suicidal eights. Whoa, Liverpool suicidal eights. <laughs> love it, I love it, fucking love it. <laughs> You know, and with the you know between that and the the high line, it's just far too exposed, and you're going to get punished in in a in a league like this. So we need to find the answers, and you know, I I know as a lot of people say, it's it's not our best squad. We you know maybe we didn't do what we needed to do in the summer. I agree, but we we can't change that now. But we do certainly have some some options there. We have players there and it's about Klopp finding the, the best eleven for us at this this time and putting it out there because if as I said, if we don't do that, I think we're gonna get punished too much over this kind of latter half of November, 
and December period. There's just too many games. Too many games. Uh, people can see the problems. It's you know it just needs a decent defensive setup to to block us out and have the directness against us. Brentford have done. Brentford did it. Um, West Ham have done it. You know there'll be plenty of other teams that find that there and, and find it easier to do. We're going to need now for Klopp to figure out a way of um, you know stopping this in the tracks and and getting some more chances. So yeah, it's um, I totally agree and. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed this chat with you both. I have to say, I was dreading it. I thought it was going to be a nightmare to cover this game. But thank you, John. Thank you, Carl, and all the callers for making this <laughs> probably one of the better losses to cover uh, and enjoy. I think partly we have to thank Dell as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whether that was Certainly. intended or not, and I'm going to give him the benefit of Dell. He was joking. To save some of his blushes, but I have to say that was one of the. Classic. And I've been podcasting now since you know 2013, and I have to admit it's one of the best <laughs> in the history of Android Index. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be this happy. Thank you, Del. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you, Dell. Uh, but yes, John, so lovely to reconnect and speak to you and hear your beautiful voice as always and carl mate you know the irish accent is a is a killer mate amazing so always always good to talk to you both um guess what though folks nina will be back on the 20th of november for the arsenal game she is back and she is going to take her place on the throne again of post calling queen so you have something to look forward to after the international break and maybe maybe Klopp perks it all up with nina back as he she well he is her favorite after all and um yeah that'll be me done i'm sure i'll call in and uh, thank you so much to everyone who has called in over the last four or five weeks that i've been doing the post-match calling and um for all the messages and kind words you've been saying as well one last thing make sure you follow john and carl uh, their Twitter's their, their Twitter handles will be on the tweet on Anfield Index when we tweet it out. Um, John Buskell is at John Buskell. Carl, what's yours as well, mate? It's at K Mac of the Cop. That's his Twitter as well. Brilliant. Okay, so K Mac of the Cop. There you go. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, thank you so much again, everybody. Uh, I'll be back very very soon. Uh, I think you'll probably start hearing me more on the pro side again now that um, my job here is done. But yeah, if you want to. Follow us on Anfield Index, at Anfield Index, at Anfield Index Pro as well. I'm on at Gags Tandon. And if you want to listen to the pro side, it's you can join via HTTPS, uh, www.anfieldindex.com forward slash join. It's $4.99 a month. You get a free trial as well for a week, $39.99 for the year. Hopefully, we see you there. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, 
we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.